pasture, run them in the pen, work them up the Sundays, do it all again, race them in the sand, buck them in the mud, drip a cowboy's sweat, bleed a cowboy's blood. I'm Zeke Thurston, 2016 World Champion Saddlebrock Rider, and you're watching the Pepper Stewart Show. This show is brought to you by Master Hatters of Texas. Straw and felt hats can be found at most major Western wear stores and ordered online. Just jump on the Google and search Master Hatters of Texas. All right, you're here. You're here. I'm here. We're all here, so let's see what happened. What is going on? We got a good a good lineup for you today. This is what we're talking about. We're gonna do we're going we're gonna go off the rails just a bit, or maybe not because we've always been off the rails. I was looking at some old shows episodes last night, and I was like, wow, I forgot about all this crazy stuff that used to happen. So we're gonna dive back into some of that in the uh, the year 2021. So be ready for that. So if this show doesn't tickle your fancy, then wait for the next one. Just might happen. So we're going to talk some UFOs and aliens with a special guest, Philip Mantle. I think I said that right. Uh, we're going to do some Texas horse hockey polo talk with Robin Sanchez about that. If you've never seen horse hockey, polo style hockey, it's pretty good. Check it out. Uh, then we've got some odd news stories, some good stuff. We've got some chickens that are wrecking havoc on some folks. There's a big time movie car that you may know from your childhood or it may be before your childhood. Going up for auction, there is a murder house that you can get for only $2 million. Uh, big Bird and the police, I don't know what happened there. And then uh, horse racing is coming up. There's a big race coming up, the Pegasus World Cup. We're going to talk about that briefly, kind of go off the horses that ended up for that. And I'm also going to tell you how you could own part of a racehorse. we got rodeo action coming up, and that's... What's going to happen? But this is what's happening. I think this is funny. I don't know where this is yet, but I'll sure find out. Do you wear pants on the subway? When you Do you ride a subway? Well, I, we don't have subways here in Dallas. I guess it's not a subway, but you have the Dart, which is, like I guess, like a subway, but it's not underground. It's above ground. But I guess it would be the similar. I don't know. But here's what happens. Apparently... There is a no-pants subway ride every year in January that's held on public transport in more than a dozen cities worldwide. Uh, the 2021 event has been coroned out. Corona time struck again. So if you were looking forward to running around with no pants on on the subway or your public transport, not going to happen. Not organized anyway. I'm, I'm sure you could do it. You know, if you wanted to, but it may not go over as well as an organized, you know, pantsless train ride. But we'll see. Uh, the performance art group that has organized the No Pants Ride since the first event was held in 2002 in New York City said this year's pantsless public transit track has been canceled due to corona time. Uh, the, see, the previous years, they've seen subway riders taking um, commuter train rides in their underwear, including... New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, London, Boston, Berlin, Calgary, Dallas. I guess that answers my question. <laughs> Mexico City, -o, Mexico City, -o, Mexico City, Tokyo, Melbourne, 
Australia and San Francisco. Well, of course, it's 24-7 pants this train ride in San Francisco, right? That's what I heard. I don't know. That's what Daryl told me. I need to ask him about that. So if you were planning on doing that, forget it. No, don't do it. It's not going to happen. This is going to happen, though. Are you a... Are you a fan of, let's say, horror movies? Are you a fan of the paranormal? Are you a fan of murders? Hope you didn't answer yes to that. Who's a, <laughs> you're a fan of murders? But there's a place. If you're if you're into that sort of thing, this right here in Massachusetts might pique your interest. The Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast Museum and the site of the infamous 1892 double murder is being listed for sale for only two million dollars two million dollars the fall rivers house which operates a bed and breakfast with six bedrooms as well as a museum with guided tours tours is currently online for two million dollars uh, the house of the august the fourth hatchet murders of andrew and abby borden Andrew Borden's daughter Lizzie was put on trial for the murders but was acquitted. The case remains unsolved. And there's plenty of movies about this. I've watched something about it recently. It was pretty interesting. Uh, the real estate agent said this far, the interested buyers have indicated they would keep the property operating as a bed and breakfast. Well, if you're paying two million bucks for a house like that, you better be doing something. If you want to keep some cash flow coming in and making some money uh, and sticking along with that i want to get you guys to check out on the interweb net it's on facebook it's on instagram and it's texas paranormal 903 it's a group up in north texas uh, that i'm part of that does you know some paranormal investigations and and things like that and we go to different um, different towns different places we go to cemeteries we go to Old Abandoned Hospital. If you, you know, if you've watched a couple of shows, you know, this last year, you've seen all the places we went. We did, we did Tombstone. Uh, we did uh, the Yorktown. I mean, they're they're all there. If you go on that, if you go on Facebook or the Instagram and look up uh, Texas Paranormal Hour Three, you will find photographs and information. There's some stuff uh, coming up, some stuff planned up. So if you're into uh, ghost watching and paranormal activities then be sure and check that out because that's some good stuff. Um, Netflix, I want to touch on this just briefly. Um, I finished up I finished up Pinky Blinders. If you hadn't seen that, Pinky Blinders, I started it a while back and I watched a little bit and then I didn't catch my, catch my interest. But now during Corona time, when you're watching a lot more Netflix, I'm like, hey, what have I not seen yet? I need to watch it. So when I watched... And over the course of the weekend, knocked out all five seasons of Peaky Blinders. Uh, it's pretty good. It kind of reminded me of if you watched uh, Boardwalk Empire um, that was set, you know, I think, in the 1920s. Uh, I think it was a Showtime show or something like that. When, if, if you've watched that, it's kind of similar to that, but it's it's based across the pond. So it's pretty good. Uh, I really enjoyed that series. Pretty good. So check that out. Uh, the Queen's Gamut. I ended up watching. The wife was watching that, so I, had, I ended up having to watch it too. And I still don't know how to play chess. I watched the whole movie. And I have no idea what happened. All, I don't know how many seasons there was to that, but I have no idea what's going on. No clue. So 
I'm still I'm, checkers. I'm good. Checkers. Let's do that. But no, I'm not doing that. And then, so, you know, I've been watching a lot more uh, of the British shows and the UK shows. And I watched the entire series of Cuckoo. Is it Coke or Coco or Cuckoo? Something like that. Or Cuckoo. Yeah. So I watched that. It was hilarious. That's pretty good stuff. Um, check that out. But what's coming up right now, fixing to happen on TV on the CW33, they're remaking a hit TV show from the 90s. They're bringing it back. We talked about it before. The only issue I have with the show is they shouldn't bring him in as Cordell Walker. They should be bringing him into the show as his son. Would make more sense because you're not going to, you can't replace Chuck Norris, but you could be the son of Chuck Norris. So we don't know how it's going to work. Check out this uh, movie trailer or the trailer. See what you think. Are you going to watch it? Are you not? Let us know, but check this out. And then when we come back. We're going to be talking about stuff. Cordell Walker, Texas Ranger. He recently lost his wife. Feel the devil calling. It wasn't your fault. Wasn't it, though? You're the ranger with the dead wife? What did you say? Guess you couldn't protect her, huh? I can't stop. She is gone. Some things don't add up. You are chasing ghosts. I can't think about anything else but her. Walker, series premiere Thursday, January 21st. Stream free next day, only on the CW app. All right, let's talk about some good stuff here. Let's see what is going on. A lot of things happen, a lot of things transpire. And it's something that, that um, you know, I've been interested in, and a lot of folks are. And I want to talk to somebody that knows a little bit more about it than I do. And I found the man with the plan that knows about that. And that is Philip Mantle. How are you doing? Uh, good evening, Pepper. I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> doing good, doing good. So where whereabouts are you located right now? Well, I'm in the north of England. So you probably know the cities maybe of Liverpool and Manchester. Well, I'm, I'm about 50 miles from Manchester, about 60 miles from Liverpool. And it's snowing like mad here as well. <laughs> <laughs> snowing. I don't, I don't want no part, no part of that. Now, see, I think when the, the t we've been over a few times, but I don't think we ever went up that far. We stayed down uh, down towards, I guess, the, the southern part. We stayed around London and Yorkshire and, and uh, stuff like well, that. Well, I'm in Yorkshire. I'm in, I'm in West Yorkshire. Okay. We're about 200 miles north of London. So next time you come, forget London, Pepper. Come on up north. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did. we we stayed in London for a few days, but I I didn't like that. We went up to York, Yorkshire. That's up in uh, Yorkshire. That is where my uh, I guess great grandparents or so are are from over. That's where they came from back in the eighteen hundreds. So they're from, in Yorkshire. So we got a lot of we got some family over that way. So it's pretty good. Yeah, well, come on up and take take a look around. <laughs> and if you're into the paranormal stuff, there's plenty here. Plenty. That we, we did. Uh, we did. What did we go? We went to. Uh, we stayed in a few of the haunted uh, castles while we were there and, and checked some stuff out. So that was good. But what what I want to know about is this this book that you've got out. What what got you interested or what got you started in uh, in the UFOs and, and things like that? What what was it that got you going into, uh, you know, wanting to look into this a little more? Yeah, I mean, as a as a young man, Pepper, I was always interested in. The things you were discussing earlier, you know, the paranormal. Uh, I had an interest in that as far back as I can remember. And, and just by chance, um, opposite 
right opposite where I live was my uh, best friend's grandmother. And when I was about 13 or 14 years of age, I used to go to the spiritualist church with her. Uh, and, it, and it fascinated me. But then, just by chance, I, I read a, a book, uh, and it was an astronomy book, and it had one chapter in it about UFOs. Uh, pretty much dismissing it, to be honest, but it got, it, it got me intrigued. So once I left high school, didn't know what to do, she started roaming around, um, I started to read more about the subject. And then, of course, the Spielberg blockbuster, Close Encounters, came out. That had an effect. So in late 1978 into 1979, I went to work in what was West Germany at the time. And uh, I couldn't speak the language, you know, so I couldn't watch the TV. Or So my mum sent me a, a box of books to read and they were all on UFOs. I don't know where she got them from because they were hard to come by. And of course, by the time I got home, I'd been converted. <laughs> and just by chance, uh, my aunt gave me our local newspaper that we have here. Uh, and it had a little small ad in it uh, announcing the formation of the Yorkshire UFO Society coming up that Sunday. And it was in the city of Leeds in West Yorkshire. So in, in 1979 on a Sunday here, Pepper, the, everything closed. It was like a ghost town no matter where you went. So I didn't drive then, so I, I went into Leeds on the bus, found this location, and, and the Yorkshire UFO Society had been set up by two brothers, uh, Graham and Mark Birdsell. There was about 20, 30 people there. They put on a presentation and that was it. But I, I was hooked, you know, quite literally. I joined from that day and I've been involved ever since. I was 21 years of age at the time. Uh, I'm now 62, so that, that's 41 years I've been involved. That's two thirds of my life, it seems amazing, you know, but there you go. That's how it all began. Well, I was I was uh, skimming through this this book, that, the book that you got out, The Young Person's Guide, you know, Introducing UFOs. And you've got a, there's a, a piece in here that's not far from where, not far from where I live. And you've got a, a 1878, January the 2nd, not too long from now, uh, in Denison, Texas, a farmer, you know, observed objects in a saucer in the sky and, and moved over in great speeds and great heights. And that's Dennis, that's right down, that's not far from me. And where I'm at out there at night, you can see, you see stuff all the time. And, you know, we can go out to the, out to the field and you can look up and I see stuff. I see stuff a lot of times where you'll see something sitting in the sky and sit there for a minute and it just takes off. And I'm like, I don't, well, what, we know, well, what is that? What's happening? What's going on? And then, you know, you try to, you look at it and you try to, you try to justify it, I guess. The things you see sometimes, you just try to figure out that, that can't, that can't be what I saw. Yeah, but, you try and rationalize it. Yeah. I mean, it's an obvious same in the paranormal field. You may see something and you try and say, well, it, it, it could have been this, it could have been that. And you sort of go through a process. It's interesting you mentioned that little story from 1878 because people for a long time and still today use the term flying saucer. And it was uh, first in any in any you know big way went into the public uh, perception in in 1947 when private pilot Kenneth Arnold saw these objects over the Cascade Mountains uh, and they asked uh, journalists asked 
uh, Kenneth Arnold, how did these objects move through the air? And Kenneth Arnold said, like a saucer skipping on a pond, a presto flying saucer was born. However, the first time they were actually called a saucer in print was that uh, that you mentioned in 1878. The farmer said, when you looked up at these things, because they were very low, they said they looked like a saucer from underneath. So, you know, the word saucer had actually been used before the, the term flying saucer became, in, came, became accepted into popular culture. Mm. And uh, so it was just a way of highlighting in, in the book that, you know, things have happened a long time ago. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you got the little bit of stories in there. So what what at what point you, did you decide, you know what, I need to I need to just write this down. I just need to put it out there, put it together just to kind of kind of give people a guide of kind of what's going on and, and, and how you feel about it. So how'd that come about? Well, yeah, I mean, the book's not there to indoctrinate anyone. It's not telling you you must believe this. It's aimed at a, a younger audience. It's called Introducing UFOs, a young person's guide. So kind of high schools, maybe early college sort of era. Um, it's been illustrated by my colleague, Ronald Kinsella, who's done a great job. The idea formulated a, a, a few years back, Pepper. Um, I've been in discussion with colleagues here in the UK about the next generation, who's, who's following on behind us in, in this research field. And it's the same, you know, the high school um, mm -hmm. students, they are the next politicians, the next plumbers, you know, the next, they're the next everything. Right. And I'd like to give them the benefit of my experience in this field, because you can go on the computing out, typing UFOs and it'll bring up a zillion and one websites <laughs> Yeah. Just because one comes to the top of the list, it doesn't mean it's the best. So this was a way of kind of saying, look, you're at that age now where you formulate your own opinions and your own interests. If you want to get involved in the, the field of UFO study, there's nothing to stop you. You don't need a degree. You don't need to be a professor. I, I have no academic qualifications at all, none. But I've been involved in this subject for 40 years. Uh, and I, I, I've done all kinds of different things. So I decided we'd select cases from each decade, some of which you'd never heard of before, some of which we know, we know Roswell and, and things like that. And, but at the end of the day, it was, it was saying to the, to the, the younger generation, make up your own mind. Mm -hmm. You know, here's the first rung of the ladder, if you like. Right. For, ex for example, in the center of the book, I don't know about you, Pepper, but when I was uh, buying books, um, the old-fashioned way in a bookshop, you know, <laughs> I used to flick through them and see what the photographs and pictures were like. Yeah. So the book is 150 pages. It's not an encyclopedia, so it's not something you've got to slog through. There's a nice uh, set of illustrations and photographs, but in the middle, there is a, what we call a UFO photo file. Mm -hmm. So what I did, I went around a lot of my colleagues and said, which, which do you think are the, the most authentic UFO photographs? They might not look the best, but to you are authentic. Right. So we, we put a selection of photographs in there from around the world, quite literally from Australia, from Turkey, from Russia, the US, I mean, you name it. Uh, but what we do say in the introduction to that is to, to the reader, you make up your own mind. We're going to start with a hoax. 
from the Project Blue Book files. That was the US's official UFO yeah. study. This is a hoax. Now look at the others and you make up your own mind. Right. And similarly, when it comes to um, what UFOs may or may not be, again, no, no sign of indoctrination. We just put few uh, three theories in there. One, the UFOs could be, you know, not of this earth, they're from elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Two, maybe they are secret government technology that's been tested. Or three, perhaps it's some kind of rare meteorological phenomena that science hasn't yet caught up with. Again, make right. up your own mind. And see, and what, I, what my thinking, or one of the, one of the theories that I had come up with too, is at some point in the future, with all the technology, that somehow time travel gets invented, that maybe it's us in the future coming back to study the past to see how we got to where we are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a publisher as well. I run a small company called Flying Disc Press, and I've, I've published books by other authors as well as my own. And uh, just last year, a lady by the name, name of Diane Tessman, um, wrote a book and I published it for her. And Diane's theory is that these are not from another another planet. It is indeed time travel. It okay. is time travel. And, um, you know, I remember speaking to a well-known physicist some years back by the name of Dr. Michio Kaku. He's in the States. And um, he was telling me how time travel was theoretically possible. The only thing that he said prevented it was we didn't have an, a big enough power source. It was the power source that was letting us down. So that is another theory that, that is um, gaining popularity, I should say. Okay. Because what we've learned over the last, I don't know, decade or so, Pepper, is that the universe in which we all live is far bigger than we ever dreamt of. Um, right. The visible universe is, for example, 48 billion light years across. Wow, that's a lot. It has an estimated two trillion galaxies in it. And of course, within all those galaxies are countless stars and planets. So the possibility of life existing elsewhere has increased enormously. However, the distance that they would have to travel to get from there to here, from A to B, has expanded as well. So, you know, the researchers have looked for other ideas and other possibilities of, you know, and, and time travel is, is one of them. Another one is like, like we use Star Trek terminology, they use wormholes. Well, of course, just last year, you know, things like this became, you know, popular again and black mm -hmm. holes. Can we travel across the universe via a black hole? I think we had the first photograph of a black hole last year, <laughs> which is amazing. Right. It used to be the thing of science fiction, but now it's science fact. So, right. like I said, we only put these three theories in, as you pointed out, there are lots of others, but it will give the, you know, the reader to that little bit of impetus saying, well, these are three possibilities. What do you, what do you think? Right. Again, make up your own mind. Yeah. All right. Well, Philip, man, I hate to cut you off. We're running up on the clock, but I, I'm going to have to get you on again because we, we got a lot more to talk about. <laughs> we have indeed. I mean, maybe we can do a pantless paranormal uh, yes. investigation rather than go on the subway in it. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> right right well, well i appreciate it and we'll, we'll let the folks know about uh the flying disc press to check that out and also uh 
the um, introducing UFOs, the young person's guide, and let them know about that. And we appreciate your time, and we will definitely catch up with you again. No, it's my pleasure, Pepper. You take care. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Oh, man, that was some good stuff. Now I got to go home and look at the sky and see what's going on because that, that book, you guys need to check that book out. That's some good stuff. But let's talk about this. Horses and fast horses. Do you want to own a racehorse, but you don't want to own a racehorse or spend the money to own one for $50,000, $100,000? You don't want to waste that or have that money to blow? Well, here's what you do. You can purchase shares in a racehorse right there at myracehorse.com. You go on there, you see what horses they have, you see what the shares cost, and you can buy some shares in a racehorse, and uh, the horse wins, well, you win too. So it's a pretty neat deal. Check it out. Um, we're probably going to be talking to those guys uh, pretty soon coming up uh, in the next couple of episodes. We'll have them on talking about stuff and talking about that and letting you know. So what we're going to talk about with the horse racing is the event that's coming up at the end of January. January and 23rd is the Pegasus World Cup taking place at Gulfstream Park in Florida. Uh, the Pegasus World Cup. I've got a cheat sheet here from uh, horse, racing, horse Racing Nation's Matt Schiffman. Matt Schiffman. He wasn't available today, but his cheat sheet was. That's what I'm going to tell you what happened. Uh, the entry in the 3 million, 1.8 mile Pegasus is by invitation only. Uh, the World Cup Committee at Gulfstream Park released an initial list of 16 possible horses for the race. It was divided with 12 listed as invitees and 4 reserve invitees. Um, so we're here we're going to take a look at the field for the Pegasus with the uh, with the morning odd line. This is the first uh, published odds, so it's probably going to change by the time the race happens. But this is the projected odds. Um, not in odds, but we're going to go in order of names. Alphabetically. So here we go. Code of Honor. He's got four to one. He's a five-year-old. Only had one victory in 2020. And that came at his first start of the year at Westchester on a muddy Belmont track in June. Uh, Harper's first ride is a 15 to one. He's based in Laurel Park, and the winner of his last two starts listed in the stakes at the Maryland track. His career is pretty good with 10 victories from only 17 starts. And depending on what you do on Sunday, then this is the horse for you. Jesus team, 10 to 1 odds. After hitting the boards in three grade one races in 2020, um, the high school, the Preakness, and the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile Jesus team was able to get his first stake victory in a claiming crown jewel at Gulfstream Park. All three of his victories occurred in Florida. Uh, King Guillermo bust on the scene last year at the Kentucky Derby trial with his long shot victory in the Tampa Bay Derby. Uh, then he was second in Arkansas Derby behind Nadal, who was sidelined and missing from the Triple Crown. Uh, kiss today goodbye is a 10 to 1. He's a West Coast based horse. Has won his last two starts, including an allowance at the Del Mar. Uh, Nick's go is 5 to 1. Uh, in his top form of his career with three wins in a row, including a powerful front running win at the Breeder Cup Mile. 
Uh, Math Wizard has not won a race since his Pennsylvania Derby victory in 2019. Uh, in his seven starts following that, he's only been competitive once. Uh, Mr. Freeze, 15 to 1. It's hard to know what to expect from him. Uh, six year old horse. His best, he's a graded stakes winner of the Fayette at Keeneland in October and the Gulfstream Mile in February. But when he faces grade one competition, he has frequently been a disappointment. So don't put no money there. Uh, Sharp Samurai, seven year old Gildan. Uh, he brings a streak of six races in which he's finished first or second while racing on both turf and dirt in California in only grade stakes. He's not won a race since 2018. Uh, Sleepy-Eyed Todd, he's a 12 to one. He won four times, including his last two starts, scoring seven furlongs in listed stakes at Keeneland and Gulfstream. Uh, Tax, Tax is a six to one. He returned from a seven month layoff so tax return to win the Harlan's Holiday at Gulfstream Park by more than four lengths. And to round it out, we got True Timber, which is a 12 to one. True Timber's got a signature victory when he won the Cigar Mile at the Aqueduct in December. So January 23rd, get to the track or get to a betting facility near you and put your money there. But don't ask me which one to bet on because I'm not going to disappoint you. What I'm going to do, speaking of horses, going fast, we're going to talk about horses with sticks and balls. We're talking polo, Texas horse hockey. We're going to talk about that. I don't know. The mask? We've got a mask person on this. What's going on? There's a mask there. I don't know who's there. I hope I'm not getting robbed. I do recognize the mask. Oh, it's Rob. Yeah. Oh, it's, okay. it's my awesome Pepper Stewart Show mask. Look at I that. Love it. Look at that. That's the one person that bought one. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, I bought it in April. It was my go-to mask. <laughs> oh, so we got Robin Sanchez right here from the Texas Arena League Horse Hockey in Texas. So what do you guys got planned for 2021? Oh, man, we, we got our last event COVIDed out in 2020. So we're all looking forward to getting started back up for 2021. Uh, we've got four events scheduled. Um, January 29 to 31 at Legends, February 12 to 14 at Two Wishes Ranch in uh, in Lockhart area. Back to Legends in the southeast of Dallas in February for 26th through the 28th. And in March, we'll be down in the Houston area at Brookshire Polo Club. So we got a full slate. We got a bunch of teams, a bunch of horse hockey and arena polo going on. And if you haven't experienced arena polo, it's a whole different, whole different deal. Um, we've got a lot, of, a lot of action in arena polo. Now, with it, with this being during Corona time, are the horses wearing masks? No, the horses will not be wearing masks. The horses are good, man. We, we, we Corona vaccinated all the cows. They're good too, so we're all set on the uh, on the Corona. I may have to take some of that. I've I've seen I don't I, I don't want to tell people to do it, but I've seen people doing it where they've been taking the the Ivermac for their Corona system symptoms and knocking it out. I haven't done it yet because I haven't got. Yeah, sick, I've heard about it, but I don't know. The I, I I I need the worms, man. I need to lose <laughs> a few. So. <laughs> so, 
So, so what they rent a polo? We we talked before. This was last year. We went out and checked out an, an event and and stuff. And so for the for the folks out there watching that's, that's kind of interested in this and wanting to check it out, how would you explain it for somebody that, that knows about polo, that's watched polo before or watched hockey on the ice? How do you combine the two? How would you explain it? The combination of that. So in the arena polo, we've got, uh, it's kind of like comparing outdoor polo is more like tennis and arena polo is more like racquetball. You know, you got balls jumping around, you're using the wall. Um, it's, it's constant action. We actually um, use our horses to push other horses off the ball so that the player can get possession of the ball. Um, so there, there's some constant action in the arena. So it's like hockey in that manner. We don't necessarily have a goaltender. Um, but yeah, that, that using the walls and, and passes and angles um, and checking, taking the man, that's, that's a big part of arena polo. And as, as far as the levels, are there, like, if somebody wants to come join, is there, is there different levels of polo? Yeah, absolutely. And all of the host clubs have polo schools. So you can, we have a lot of people who started polo school, um, you know, a couple years ago, and then they advanced to the C flight, which is the beginner division for Texas Arena League for their first tournament experience. And now some of those people from C flight have advanced on into the regular level of play. So, so there's all kinds of levels to be getting into. Um, you got to experience the polo lesson when you came out, Pepper. <laughs> I, I did. Yes, I did. It, it was. I'm just gonna say it was different. It was. It was. It was very different. I think that's the first time that I've ever been on, I guess, the, an English saddle. So yes, that, that was that was real different. <laughs> yeah, the good news is, is the polo saddle, the English saddles are a lot deeper than like those jumping saddles. So it's a little, little closer. And um, you saw what I ride in. Uh, you're not required to use an English saddle, but that's typically what they're using. Um, I referee and, and I'm always in my Western saddle. <laughs> and I can get the heck out of the way quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And what about the, uh, you have the different divisions, you have different age limits, you have age groups, or how does, how does no, that work? That, and that's the great thing about polo, as opposed to other team sports, is, is, you know, the horse is the great equalizer. So if you're a woman, can play on a team with men, a 12-year-old kid can play on the same team as a, as a 30-year-old and a 70-year-old. So you got three, three players on the team, and there's no real restrictions on that, um, you know, other than they got not... They got to at least have enough skill to knock themselves killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know, watching that, and you got horses, you got horses flying down the arena. You got the sticks flying around, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's an action pack, and it's, it's something that, you know, you can look at the pictures or you can watch it on the screen, but it's something you got to be, you know, you need to get out there and watch it. You need to go sit in the stands, you need to watch, you get a front row view, get some dirt, you know, thrown on you, and then you know, really take it in. And it's, I mean, it's a really good experience to, to see a live, you know, a live, a live event. Yeah. And you saw one of the games you were at, you know, the all women's team beat the all men's team um, <laughs> and pretty handily. So, yeah. uh, so uh, the only, the only time we separate in, um, in polo in general is for the collegiate. You, you have the collegiate men's team and, and the collegiate women's team. Um, and then we have specific women's tournaments, seniors tournaments, youth tournaments that, that kind of go into age groups or whatever. Um, but other than that, it's, it's everybody's out there. Okay. 
All right. And then what about uh, if for people who want to come out and watch the events? I mean, you have you have some vendors set up or you have concessions. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got some concessions set up at, at the locations. We'll have um, Jackrabbit Tack will be there with their tack trailer at certain locations. Royal Bee Threads will be there with uh, the, she does all of our embroidery and, and banners and prizes, etc. So she'll be there. Um, we'll have Superior Equine Massage Therapy there to do work on horses. Neutrina always sends an equine nutritionist out. We, we've got a lot of stuff going on um, and available for spectators. Okay. All right. Players. All right. And uh, as far as your your sanctioned events that you have, is does the series go off and then you have like a, a series champion team? The team, is it based on area or is it based on the league itself? It's based on the league itself. So within the league, we're playing tournaments that are recognized by the, by the United States Polo Association. Um, a couple of those are actually military tournaments because we have a lot of uh, uh, active and retired military, um, and then also a lot of military family members playing. So we've got some military tournaments as part of that. And um, within the league, you're getting points towards that fi those final awards. We're a little bit like Oprah Winfrey. You get a prize, you get a prize, you get a prize. <laughs> Um, everybody's not a winner, but there's a lot of prizes, yeah. right? right um, okay. so we've got the end of the league winning teams, and then we've also got end of the league um, high point individuals, um, high point military, um, you know, the best playing pony. AQHA is on board this year doing a best playing quarter horse. We also have, you know, you were talking about the, the horse racing. We've got a jockey club thoroughbred and center program best plan thoroughbred because this is a great place for for retired racehorses to move into both quarter horses and thoroughbreds mm -hmm. um, so we got a lot of great prizes and a lot of great sponsors on board with us um yeah all the, i cobbled together all those photos because we got coveted out so I, <laughs> they couldn't pose as a team yeah. um so i had to put my photoshop skills together for that um <laughs> But um, we made it through, and, and we're looking forward to, to having another good season. Um, and we've got, a, we've got over 30 teams entered into this right now. The only thing holding us back is daylight. Yeah. Uh, well, and we got lights. So the only thing holding us back is actual hours in the day <laughs> at this right. point. So you, you could show up pretty much at any time, Saturday or Sunday, and we start on Fridays probably around 2 o'clock, and, and you're going to catch some polo, some okay. arena polo for sure. All right. Well, before we get out of here, um, if somebody's looking for you guys, what's the best the best site? Is it, best, is it social media? Is it your website? Where's the best yeah, place so them to go? We're on um, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Texas Arena League. And we also have a website, TexasArenaLeague.com. So you can check us out. If you want to come try it, uh, we'll hook you up at Apollo School um, Legends, which is Legends Horse Ranch, which is out in Kaufman. We're actually doing a getting ready for Texas Arena League Clinic, January 22 to 24. So that's another option. They've got a polo school, um, you know, and we can, you know, if you can message Texas Arena League and we'll, we'll hook you up wherever you are. Um, okay. All right. Well, well, that'll work. We appreciate you visiting with us and we'll try to, we'll try to run over there and catch another one and see what happens. Get you back on the Palomino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks, Pepper. All right, that's some good stuff. If you haven't, if you haven't seen that, do that. I've got, 
I've got video, video of me on that horse that she's talking about, but that, <laughs> that video has never aired. <laughs> that, that, that video is not aired yet. I, I gotta do some fancy editing to that thing. Some Photoshop. <laughs> I think I posted some, I think we posted some photos of that on, on the site somewhere, but yeah, I gotta, I, I guess I do need to get that video out there. Let, let the people see. I mean, everybody wants a good laugh, so they need to, they need to watch it. Oh, I got I got rodeo stuff going on. Let's talk. Let me tell tell you about the rodeo stuff going down. Professional bull riders they are underway in their 2021 season. Check out their website pbr.com and see where they're going to be and find an event near you and go go watch it. Even though it's uh, Corona time, they're still letting fans in at limited capacity. So check that out. Uh, the American just announced. The dates, March 6th and 7th, 2021. So March 6th and 7th will be the American. So you know before that, you'll have semifinals and stuff like that going down in Fort Worth. So check out their website for all of that. Uh, the tickets are on sale now. So go buy your tickets to the American. Uh, the Big D, charity horse show that usually happens in Dallas, has moved. Corona time moved it to Fort Worth. So the Big D Charity Horse Show has moved to the Will Rogers Memorial Center in Fort Worth, Texas. So Fort Worth, Texas, we're going to have to go for the Big D Charity Horse Show, and that is April 21 through 25. So Google it, get your horses entered, and go win some prizes. And the American Quarter Horse Association has waived their traditional qualifying requirements for the 2021 World Show. So the, the Quarter Horse uh, Ranch Horse World Championship Show, the Ranching Heritage Challenge Finals, and the Built for Tough Youth World Finals, uh, the traditional qualifying requirements have been waived because of Corona time. So you need to go to the website, check it out, and you could be at the World Finals. So do it. Um, everything else going on, there's more press releases. All the press releases we put out for all these different events and things going on and Stuff. You can find them on uh, on Facebook at Paper Stewart Show. Or the easiest way to do it, to find the press releases and the articles, um, is go to paperstewart.com and click on the little box that says press releases and articles. Click that, and you can read all about all this stuff, as well as your cattle market reports are on there. And then while you're there, go buy a T-shirt. We've got so many T-shirts on their t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, men's, women's, kids, babies. Uh, we're going to be adding some some hats, some baseball caps. We're going to be adding some caps uh, to, the, to the show store as well. So go on there and shop. That's how you support the show. That's why it's free. The show is free for you. So buy something. Or not. It's up to you. It's Rona time. Do what you want. Let's do this, though. Let's talk about... Let's talk about some some chickens. Now, this is something. Anybody that's ever been around chickens or ever had chickens can probably relate to this. But the police had been called, okay? The police in New Jersey, which maybe it's in New Jersey, has something to do with it. I don't know. But the police in New Jersey responded to a McDonald's parking lot where a pair of chickens were reported wrecking havoc and chasing the customers. <laughs> So the Washington Township Police Department 
said that an animal control officer was dispatched on a report of a flock of chickens wrecking havoc at our local McDonald's on Route 31 South. So the officer arrived to find two chickens harassing and chasing customers and pecking at car tires. <laughs> uh, animal control was able to capture the chickens with help from the manager of McDonald's. And the chickens were taken to the common sense for animal shelters where they were later claimed by their owners. So you had some chickens on the loose. And I will tell you, if you ever get a chicken that doesn't like you, they don't like you. I remember when I was Yatal getting chased by the chickens, especially the Rhode Island Reds. Those things were mean. And they would flop and scratch my head and peck. And they're mean things. So, yeah, if, you, if you've ever been around chickens, you know what's happening. What else is happening is, what happened to it? So, speaking of the police, police, some police are still working. Imagine that. Uh, a Canadian police officer investigated a witness report of a severed foot on the side of the highway. So what had happened was a discarded mannequin foot. <laughs> the driver appeared to be quite distraught that there was a severed foot along the side of the highway by the pump house. What? Now I know what the pump house is. What's going on? How did a foot get out in the middle of the road by the pump house? The officer went to the location and discovered the, ox the object was Luckily, not a human body part rather than foot of a mannequin. Well, keep up with your body parts, real or fake. Don't lose them. Uh, what did I do with that? Oh, there it is. Um, back in the old days, we're, we're going back 80s. We're going back 80s, I guess. We're going to talk about TV cars. There's a famous TV car, the customized Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. The crime-fighting partner kit from the 80s series Knight Rider is being auctioned off by Hasselhoff himself online. Uh, Hasselhoff took owner of the black vehicle after series ended and currently available for sale on the website liveauctioneers.com. If you want that car, it's liveauctioneers.com. The auction is scheduled to end on January 23rd. Uh, it's the high bid currently... Uh, has reached a high bid of $975,000 as of today, far exceeding the estimate of $175,300. So I thought they can bring about $300,000, and they're already at $975,000. So somebody wants that car bad, which also means somebody's got too much money on their hands if you're spending $975,000 on a car. When you buy that car, uh, you can sponsor an episode of the show. The, the lot winner, is, the lot winner is responsible for delivery expenses. Really, you just bought a car for nine hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, and you can't deliver it. Come on, I need to call this auction house. See what's going on with that. Uh, the actual auction off a wide range of official. Come on now, official merchandise for the Hoff, including a Baywatch pinball machine. And a 14-foot model of Hasselhoff's body. <laughs> you can buy a 14-foot model of David Hasselhoff that was used in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. I didn't, I didn't watch that movie because it's a cartoon, so I don't know. But somebody's watching, going, "Oh, I know what that is." Well, you can buy that. You can go buy Hasselhoff's body. It's for sale. 
Uh, last but not least, we got one more for you. We got one more. We got uh, Big Birds. Big Birds and the police. Did, the big, did Big Bird from Sesame Street get arrested or not? Let's see. Police in Missouri said officials responded to an unusual situation when an ostrich escaped from its owner's home and went for a walk. So it was not Big Bird. It was an ostrich. All right, he, went for a, he just went for a walk. What's the big deal? Uh, the St. Charles County Police Department said officers from, from the D platoon responded when an officer was spotted wandering loose through traffic. The officers wrangled the flightless bird named Clyde and took him home. I don't know how he escaped or how long he's been out, but keep your birds locked up. Don't let your birds escape. So that's that's it. That's all we got. That's all we got going on for you guys today. We do want to let you know to be sure to drop by the website, pepperstore.com. Go by there, look around. You can spend 10, 20 minutes just looking at stuff on there. Go to the links. Just just look at it. Give you something to do besides staring at uh, political nonsense. Go to the website, wander around. Do it.